Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is part two of a very interesting interview with Dr. Donna Chaco. Now, Donna, she had it all. I mean, we know people like that. You know, it seems like they have it all, the career, the success, the family, but yet they feel unfulfilled and they go through life wanting to make a difference. Well, Donna was a successful oncology doctor, radiation oncology doctor, and she gave it up to go back to family practice. Why? because she wanted to be closer to the patient. But that's just one aspect of the story. If you missed any of part one of our interview, you need to go back and catch up because she was laying, laying her life bare for us and sharing things that I know there's many people out there that can relate to. But today, we're jumping back into this interview. She's going to finish discussing her book with us, Pilgrimage, A Doctor's Healing Journey. Not just healing for patients, healing for herself and healing for you. It's a deeply personal journey towards healing and wholeness. All right, let's jump back into the interview now with Dr. Donna Chaco. So and all that you were going through and, and, and all that you were experiencing, how did your faith in God enter into this equation? Okay. Well, by this time, it was the core because, uh, you know, after I surrendered my children and surrendered my marriage to God, then I was on track and I kind of, it's really was marvelous because I like knew my path. I mean, it was going to be ups and downs and detours and problems, but basically I knew from that point where I was going kind of, and I started uh, becoming active in my parish and having participating in faith groups. So faith sharing, so which was so new to me to be with, you know, a brother or sister in in Christ and share your um struggles because we all have struggles. Yeah. Amen. And and people were just so honest and so vulnerable and so supportive of each other. It was it's just like when I first saw that I, I just thought I wish the whole world could have more of this kind of close intimate loving support, you know. Amen. And Amen. I became active in in whatever wherever I lived, like when I moved to um, to um, the Washington area, I was active. But there's another part of the story. You see, when I was nearing the end of my residency, I had to get a job. I had to do something, right? I just so I started thinking about what kind of job I would work in, wondering if there could be like a Christian clinic or something like that, and. Um, while I was doing that, I came from Florida to Washington, D.C., uh, because my brother lived here at the time, in Ellicott City, actually, and his uh, son graduated high school, and they had the graduation ceremony, 
at the Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, a large, large Catholic church in Washington. So my daughter and I came to the graduation. And when I was there, I was trying to find my way to the bookstore. And this uh, tall, smiley man offered to take me to the to show me the way because I couldn't find it. And we walked to the bookstore and we had like a 10 minute encounter. And uh, four years later, that man became my husband. Amen. <laughs> and that was, he was really the impetus for me taking a job in the Washington, D.C. area. But God had it all worked out because <clears throat> when I started looking for jobs, um, I really was kind of clueless about how one went about this because I, <laughs> but I, I, there was a, a woman named Dr. Gan, uh, Janelle Getches, who is a, a saint and a hero in my estimation in the Washington, D.C., has been active for years in healthcare for the homeless in particular. Mm -hmm. And she and her husband, Reverend Alan Getches, and many people from this area will know these people, founded Christ House, which is a medical recovery facility for the homeless. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, they also uh, set up a clinic uh, just for um, a, a community health center for neighborhood for poor people. So anyway, I connected with her and was able to work in those two facilities uh, as a like a residential. I got to live live with them. It was just an incredible life changing experience. And then when when my husband and I eventually married, he moved in with me. And so his faith is very important to him. And it's something that it's just an incredible gift. I never. I'm so grateful to have a a partner in my faith journey, who's my husband and that we can yeah. share these things. It's, it's just an incredible gift. Amen. Amen. When you were moving from Florida or coming up to DC to, for the graduation stuff, your prayers, uh, you know, at that time were they for, you know, Lord, just order my steps on this so that I know what to do. And pretty much. Yeah. Yes, Amen. yes. I, I gradually became much more, uh, less structured in my prayer. Mm -hmm. Not so much like, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> <laughs> more like, show me, tell me I'm listening, you know. Yeah, and man. and that change in my prayer life, it's it's just interesting how, looking back, I mean, my my prayer life is different now than it even it was back at that time. Yeah, in your book, you talk about two prayer practices that you said transformed your life. Can you yes, share what those two practices are? I would are? be happy to. They they came into my life a bit later after the move to Washington because I, I worked in the clinic. I, I was in primary care for about 10 years and and learned a lot about primary care, especially with poor people and uh, these these folks who had so much injustice and trauma in their life and poverty and ugh. uh and so when i retired i i started uh i had to recover from burnout yeah <laughs> I, and i did have health issues at that time so i was thinking about what to do with my life and i had really an intentional method kind of about 
I want to feel better. Let me think about all the things I can do to feel better. Oh, and then maybe let me write all this down so I can have a program for other people like me who are stressed. And that's where my uh, I started this thing called Serenity and Health. And described in there my evolving, changing prayer practices. So what the first has to do with a meditative prayer practice. So in working to set up serenity and health, I had done a lot of research about meditation over over the millennia, all kinds of meditation, and tried to concentrate on the the Christian, the traditional uh, writings with St. Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross and more contemporary uh, Thomas Merton. And so I research and started um, practicing what's called centering prayer, which is basically just a quiet, listening, receptive prayer where you say yes to the presence and action of God. You give him time. I had to surrender my precious time to simply be in the presence of the Lord. So I'm not in charge of that, of the outcome or the conversation or anything. I'm just there. And, uh, it was almost as though I knew I needed that because I was way too up in my head. And like I told you before, <laughs> I had this hurry sickness problem and I had way too much to do. So I was always rushing everywhere and thinking, planning and listing. So anyway, I started this and it's continued and grown. And, and what I feel is that that particular prayer practice, which I started to be close, 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 close as I could to my Lord and to be as open as I possibly could. Sometimes I think like, oh, dear God, I just want to be like soft and open and mushy so I can just be <laughs> like one with you. Um, you know, I did not do that for any health reasons or to make me feel less stressed or anything. I, I did that specifically for the reason I just said, to be close closer to and maybe even one with, they use that language with my Lord and my God. But over time, I, I think it really started to change my, change my brain, to change me, to just slow me down a little bit, soften me, make me uh, maybe a little bit better able to listen instead of uh, always, <laughs> always a, uh, talking, always on the go. So that, that was the first pair practice. And, um there's different ways of doing that but this the the method i used is called centering prayer and it's uh there's tons of information written it's a very simple procedure where you just sort of sit quietly and breathe easily and you have a special word that you have selected ahead of time for all of your prayer sessions kind of like an anchor you it's not really like a ma mantra, but mantra, mm -hmm. but similar. Amen. So basically, that's how it works. And for uh, I can give you a link if you want uh, for a, a place to learn more about it. Contemplativeoutreach.org okay. would provide all which you would need if anybody wanted to learn more. Amen. And, and with Serenity and Health, share with us the purpose of the ministry of how you're able to help others with this outreach? Well, 
like with these these prayer practices, and I, I want to tell you the second one, but the, the ministry, we've had a few, several uh, groups that would meet up weekly and go through the various learning about prayer, learning about habits, learning about uh, stress reduction from a faith-based way. Uh, I, I came to appreciate that much of people's suffering and and my own too was mental, emotional stuff, uh, stress. You know, you're not really serene and in a good place if you're in a really unhappy relationship or if you're if you're feeling angry at someone all the time. So that all this goes together along with the more traditional healthy habits of eating and exercise and not smoking to to care for our temples. So all these various aspects contribute to health of body, mind, and spirit, but they require that each of us take intentional steps. It's not automatic. It's an effort to take these steps. Like I had to decide to sit down and do my centering prayer. Uh, I think I cut you off. What was the second type of uh, prayer? Okay. The second, the second prayer I call uh, God-centered mindfulness. So I was really interested in mindfulness and read a lot of the secular literature, being able to stay in the moment instead of being up in our head, planning for the future or worrying about the past. And I I uh, was greatly influenced by a book called Sacrament of the Present Moment, uh, written in, I think, 1700 by um, Kassad, De Kassad. And just that idea of the holiness of each moment. And with the input from that book, I started a prayer practice, uh, which I call God-Centered Mindfulness, where I have a prayer, which is my my choice. Everybody can choose their own, is my Lord and my God. The, the Orthodox faiths have a Jesus prayer that they talk, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me for I am a sinner. But the point is you have a brief word or phrase that's yours. You must uh, get in the practice of saying it during the day. Yeah. And originally I just said it now and then, or I had sticky notes to remind myself. But the the miraculous thing about this prayer is that once you put a significant effort into trying to say it or trying to um, re- remember it, uh, it becomes automatic. So my goal was to say that prayer when I thought about God or when I needed God, like if I was grateful for uh, something wonderful that happened or for a beautiful flower or a sunset, or more commonly, if I was feeling impatient, irritable, angry at the driver in front of me, judgmental about why is that person doing that, or all the thoughts that go in my head all the time, all the time, this prayer pops into my head now and interrupts me. Amen. And I just take a breath, and it, it's a prayer. It's a, it's kind of like a repentance in a way. It takes you back, turning back. And I, I just... I just cannot believe that it's automatic now. And I, yeah, I thank God, God every time. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you about your book, Pilgrimage, A Doctor's Healing Journey. Why did you write this book and why now? Um, I wrote the book because I wanted to share the the things I learned in my own journey and my health 
career about how each of us can take steps to help us to feel better and be closer to God so we can uh, all obtain more abundant health and, you know, health of body, mind, and spirit. And and I always want to add the one proviso. It doesn't mean that you're going to be guaranteed perfect health if you have wonderful prayers and you believe in believe in your Lord and Savior. It just doesn't work like that. It's not a prosperity gospel. But even if you have a serious illness and maybe even a terminal illness, if you can turn to your Lord and trust God, uh, your faith can help you get through that with less stress, I do believe. It's what I've observed. Um, with less stress and um, less suffering then. So that's that's why I wrote it, just to help people suffer less and have more uh, serenity, health, and especially closeness to God. But, but this is also a memoir. Why did you write it as a memoir? Well, I wrote it. Uh, it took me six and a half years to write the book because the first two or three years I was writing a self-help book. And um, a lot of these same things about habits and stress reduction and all, but without the faith message. But it just became abundantly clear to me that the faith message was the most important part. And it also became abundantly clear that my self-help book was pretty boring and that probably nobody would want to read it. And plus, even if they read it, it might not inspire or motivate them. Uh, I had, I was... I read one specific book that made me change directions. And it was, um, there was a lot of personal story in this book, in along with medical advice. And I thought, my goodness, the only reason that I keep reading this is to find out what happened to this person. That was the impetus. And I think people just relate more to stories and truth. But then in the process of changing gears, I realized I I didn't really know or understand myself very well. You know, like all those issues in my marriage. Why had I yeah. married so young? Why hadn't I stood up for myself? Why, why, why? So I, I went into psychotherapy at that time, and that was the first time in my whole life. Mm -hmm. And that was so enlightening, and it helped me understand myself better. Um, and yes, I have regrets, but I have come a long way you know, to forgive myself because, you know, I just, I see that little girl in there trying to work so hard to do the right thing, uh, even when it wasn't the right thing. So that's how come it turned into a memoir. Yeah. How hard was it to put your life on paper? It was difficult, Bob. Um, first, it was difficult because as I started writing, I didn't know what I was writing. And I made a timeline of my whole life. To start the process, I made a timeline of my whole life. And when I saw the years when my kids were from middle school to high school and when they had their medical problems and when my husband had his illness and I saw all the marks on the timeline, I thought, well, no wonder I was stressed. <laughs> and then I yeah. dug out my diaries from um, that I kept until I got married. And I hadn't looked at them forever and ever and ever. And I was just, this is what drove me to therapy. Because when I read the diaries, it was like, wow, that, that doesn't even sound like what I remember. How can you have stuff in your diaries that is totally inconsistent with your memories of those mm, times? Yeah. So I just, that's what, whew. <laughs> and I'd been reading about true self and false self and like, who is, 
who is this true self person? So anyway, that's what led me to therapy to try and figure out these things. And um, people who have read my memoir, you know, have told me they they appreciated uh, the honesty. Uh, you know, I tried to understand as best I could and put it out there. And it was very healing for me. And I just hope and pray that, you know, the messages might help other people. Amen. Amen. And now with serenity in life, how long have you been working on that ministry aspect now? Uh, the serenity and health I started in 2014. Health, yeah. Yeah. It, in 2014. So it's a it's a website that I keep active and there's some programs on there and a, a monthly blog. And then I occasionally do um other programs at churches and I've been doing podcast interviews like this uh as a way of getting my message out. Amen. How long have you been uh or uh, I know during the COVID period, you had to go to, you know, Zoom meetings and all that, but do you do any type of in-person outreaches now? Well, I have a, I participate in a weekly women's uh, group, which we, we, we actually are still Zoom. Um, that's called Caring for Body and Soul. If any East Coast people want to participate in a 645 Tuesday morning meeting for women, let me know because we'd love to have some new members. It's, talk about a a sacred bond of women trying to share their faith and move ahead. It's, it's a really special thing. And I'm just getting back to in more in person. I have a, a talk scheduled in February, which I'm it's actually in Baltimore, Bob. It's oh, for, it's for the Ignatian volunteer Corps, a group of mm. seniors that uh, are committed to uh, service and community. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now you frequently talk about, the links between faith and health. Yes. Can you share some of these links with our listeners and why it's so important to, to basically link them together? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'd be happy to. Okay. God gave us our bodies. And this is a huge gift. And, you know, as a doctor, that's what kind of drew me to medicine. The body is so spectacular, right? But it, um, I think as Christians, we should, take very seriously our responsibility care for our bodies and um i know because i did it it's very easy to ignore yourself and your health and your body you just churn 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 and stay too busy but uh we do that at our peril and i don't think god wants us to do that so healthy habits is part of it and relating that to our faith our eating our drinking you know, uh, addictions, screen time, smoking, all those things. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can join groups. You can do it with other people. You can pray. So that's one part. Another part is the thinking about all of the effects of stress on our health. Uh, stress is devastating. It's in, it's a, a factor in so many, uh, illnesses. Yeah. And I want to just mention one statistic about, habits and stress. I mean, probably three quarters of all chronic illness could be cured or partly improved, I should say, cured or improved by healthier lifestyle. I just find Amen. that to be such a dramatic mm -hmm. figure. And I think, you know, if we want to serve God and be happy and do the best we can, I think if we, the more we take care of our bodies, that's 
than then the stress reduction to move back to that again. I talked already about the prayer practices. I think prayer practices um, are just dramatically beneficial. Not It's not a quick fix, right? but just yeah. getting God on our side and turning to him and trying to trust Jesus. And the, the Bible over and over again tells us not to fear and to trust. Yeah. So yep. that's a big one. And then when you practice your faith, in a community, you have the benefit of so many benefits of the love and support of community members and having community and purpose and meaning in your life, all of which we can obtain from our faith, increase what's called resilience. Yeah. And the more resilience we have, the less stress we have, and therefore the more healthy we are. And plus, we just feel better. Yeah. So those are some of the main links that I think about to mention. And let me mention one more. Mm-hmm. Emotional health. Do you know, it was kind of new to me to think about the fact that you maybe cannot be spiritually healthy if you're not emotionally healthy. Mm. And uh, there's there. I think that's really true. You know, if you're, um, but you can be angry and resentful. Of course, you can be oblivious to all these things inside of yourself. That's the problem. You yeah, can be yeah. emotionally unhealthy and not really recognize it like right. I was for all those years. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where prayer and love and support and just patience and time, I think healing will come. Amen. Amen. Well, Donna, this has been so interesting. I mean, I, I could talk to you for hours. How, <laughs> how can our listeners obtain a copy of your book, Pilgrimage, A Doctor's Healing Journey? Is it on Amazon? Yes, it's on Amazon and it's on Barnes & Noble. And uh, yes, I would love for anybody to read it and let me know what you think or if you have any questions. I'd love for you to come to my website. It's uh, serenityandhealth.com. It tells more about the book. You can get a free chapter of the book there, if, first chapter, if you like, to test it out. Um, and I'd love for you to subscribe to my uh, blog. I, I don't send out a whole bunch of stuff and flood emails be- because I'm flooded myself and I hate it. <laughs> so it's only once a month. Uh, and if you sign up, I'll send you a, a little piece called uh, Three Keys to Serenity, Health, and Closeness Amen. to God. So that's Amen. that's what I have to offer. Amen. I'll put links to all this in the show notes below. Amen. Folks, Dr. Donna Chaco has lived a full life for sure. I mean, she's lived through the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, but through it all, she knows God has been with her and she shares her journey in all the details, not just for her, but to show you that you matter to God. I urge you to drop down on the show notes right now, get in touch with Dr. Donna, click the link, order her book, Pilgrimage, A Doctor's Healing Journey. This book, folks, will transform how you are looking at your life. Donna lays her life bare. She digs into the upbringing, the relationships, life choices, and fears, and a deeply personal journey towards healing and wholeness. Join her as she surrenders her control and discovers the serenity and the health are most easily grasped when our hands and our hearts are open to what God has for us. 
This book is packed with hard-won insights, practical advice for beginning your own pilgrimage towards health and mind, body, and spirit. Amen. Click the links right there in the show notes. Order your copy today. And reach out to Donna. Click the link to her website. Take a look around. Reach out to her. Praise God. She has a lot of valuable information right there that will bless you in ways that I can't even take the time to share. Glory to God. Donna. Thank you again for coming on the program, sharing all about the, your great book, Pilgrimage, of Doctor's Healy Journey. I do appreciate it so much. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for all you do. And you have a wonderful uh, knack at uh, doing interviews. So thank you so much for letting me <laughs> be a part that. of your ministry. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Dr. Donna Chaco and myself, this Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.